0: Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number one hundred and ninety-six. Mm-hmm. I have a friend and fellow Wizard of Amazon group member and presenter, Stefano Gasparini. Stefano, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Carlos. It's a pleasure to be here,
0: man. Absolutely, I can't believe we're pushing two hundred episodes. Like I know we just mentioned this pre-recording, but I can't. I can't believe we're pushing two hundred episodes, and you've not been on the show.
1: I know. Um, by the way, it's crazy. It seems like yesterday when you were talking about just launching this show. It's crazy. Well, heck, I'm happy to be here.
0: Heck yeah. Um, for, for people that uh, the people that haven't joined the meetup group before or, or been part of any of our meetup events, you've hosted events in English and Spanish classes, yes? Yes. Um, the topics you've, you've focused on... Uh, can you share some of the topics that you feel? This is more like, so everybody knows like what you could present on at an expert level.
1: Yeah, well, it has been pretty much things related to wholesale. So I presented on how to find suppliers, how to also how to sell to, or how to grow your wholesale business, selling to other Amazon sellers. So that was that. Um, One of the first one, I think the first one was, and that was a year and a half ago on how to essentially how to flip books, used books on Amazon. And, and yeah, I think those are the three ones that come to mind.
0: Yeah. used books brings back uh, lots of memories. Yeah. You know, not bad memories either. Like when I was out really? there, well, well, the time that I was, when I first started and I was doing these like flipping, selling used books on, on eBay. If you barely have any money and you're starting, the margins are pretty wild. Like, you're not going to see margins like that uh, later on.
1: Yeah. But I do remember, um, well, I started doing that late 2019 and it was pretty competitive, man. Like, people had their own stores, like, you know, you had the people that were like, this is my story. You show up twice, like, week to week. Yeah. Like, you were a threat. So it was really interesting.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure everything gets, everything gets more competitive as you go on. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't been in the, the book selling game in man, a decade and a half, but mm. I can imagine. I used to be just going to garage sales and looking for books. And now I hear people talking about it. And it's like you said, they get storefronts, they're buying yeah. like gay lords of books. They have like percentages of what's actually going to work and what's not. Um, like anything, it's, it's evolved a lot. So, so how about you... You started presenting about a year and a half ago in the meetup. What about selling? Like when, how do you, how do you decide to start selling e-commerce and is this what you do full-time?
1: Yeah. So it is what I do full-time now. Um, so long story short, I, so, so I, I arrived to the U.S. from Venezuela in 2015, 2016. I went to college for a degree in finance. I realized that I had to take internships to learn or to get the the most out of the whole experience. Um, I got a job like the entrepreneurship department at FIU, which is a university I went to. 2018, I got an internship in Colorado. And during that internship, I was applying to my following internship in 2019, which was um, at Amazon, right? And I was pretty sure I was going to get it. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be working at Amazon next year, and I wanted to start a business, I might as well just, well, I was also getting all those, you know, video ads on YouTube on how to launch a PL and become rich in like three months. Right. But, so I was like, let's just give it this a try. And I did. So I actually started doing, um, or, you know, like researching the whole thing. And in 2019, I launched a PL product, which was, you know, pretty small in the sense that success meant like one, to two cells a day. Um, that's like a top performer in that niche. But it worked. And that's, that's when I was hooked. And for better or worse, after that, I just went to use books and then wholesale, which is what I'm mainly doing now. And now the next step will be building uh, and launching a brand.
0: I had no idea that you started with a PL. It's rare that you hear somebody that went into a PL defines it as you know somewhat successful and then went to use books. Normally it's completely the other way around.
1: Yeah. It's I think it's I think it's because I realized that in order to so that was 2019. I, I was gonna graduate in 2020 and I want to make sure that by the time I graduated, I didn't want to I didn't have to get a job. I wanted to whatever it is, I want to just you know be growing my own business. And I realized that the cash flow and PL was going to make that difficult, you know, because you need to buy in and then sell. And then whatever you, most of what you made, you had to, to reinvest. Um, I didn't understand cash flow as much as I do now, but that was kind of my impression. And, you know, I, I get all of these ads on how you can make a lot of money flipping books, like the next month. And I was like, I might as well just try, just try that out. It was a lot of like testing. I, I don't think I was really strategic about it. I was just, you know, testing a bunch of stuff and and yeah. And then I learned about wholesale and then I just kept going.
0: You know, you, what, one of the main reasons that I want to have you on the show, there's a lot of topics that we're going to dance around and we'll talk about another time. Um, but, but one of the main topics that I wanted to talk to you today on the show about was, you know, the current model that you do sell, which is wholesale. Mm -hmm. Um, and some, let's call them opportunities or like flavors of what wholesale to PL could look like that is, is not talked about nearly enough. Um, yeah. but, but I want to I touch on the college thing a little bit. So when you went into college, so, so when you, did you finally graduate by the way? Oh yeah. In 2020. Yeah. And with a degree in? Uh, finance. Okay. So, so you went into college. It seems like you're very goal oriented, right? So you went into college with a yeah. goal and that's to get a degree in finance, which you did. Congratulations. Thank you. Was your goal in the beginning to also be mm-hmm. self-employed or does self-employment become um, a, a fascination, if you will, once you started dabbling in the selling of the used books?
1: To be honest, since the very beginning, um- yeah, at some point, I didn't want to go to college. I was like, midway. I was like, I'm just dropping this stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I guess I found some value in it, and I decided to stay. But, but yeah, since the very beginning, actually, my first business was doing Forex. Again, some of the video ads that you will get all the time. Um, that failed, but I learned a lot. Um, but yeah, since, the, since I arrived to the US, my goal was to just launch a business and grow it.
0: I love it. I'm scared to touch that topic because that's like a topic of fascination to me. Like what makes people tick in the entrepreneur space. I know a lot of people find it fluffy. I feel like I could talk days about it and I think it's, it's super important. So I'm going to, next time we're at a meetup together, I think I'm going to pull you to the side and talk more about that. The awesome let's wholesale. So you get a PL at selling one or two units a day or something like that. And that was successful. Do you still have that PL and how long you do still have it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it still selling that one or two units a day? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're like a unicorn then because like most people don't still have their first PL. Well,
1: this is a thing. Um, I decided to launch something because I realized there was a lot to learn. And I was like, I need to improve my chances right here, right? So I decided to launch something I was really familiar with. Um, And it ended up being something very specific to my culture, which is Venezuelan culture. So I ended up doing that. Um, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm still selling it and it's still selling that like one to two units a day.
0: You have like a garage full of units or is it like easy to replenish? No,
1: no, no, it's easy to replenish. I send that air for It's really,
0: yeah. I love this. Like my curiosity (laughs) is getting to me, but I'll, I'll I'll spare you. So you have sources in Venezuela. I love it. Um, all right. So you still have your PL. You. Obviously, stop doing the used books, I imagine, just because of, of the yeah. time sink that it is. And at some point, you bolt on wholesale. Can you explain in your own words what is wholesaling on Amazon and why did you get into it?
1: Yeah, wholesaling, I mean, that's it should be called retailing. But what they say wholesaling is you're buying wholesale from either brands or distributors or whatever supplier you're working with. You're buying wholesale and then you're, you're reselling that retail on Amazon. And I started to do that because I saw it as the next step after essentially what I was doing is retail arbitrage, right? So you just spend a lot of time just driving from store to store. And if you do wholesale, you can find opportunities. And from one opportunity, you can just order a lot, right? And you get, it's basically you have way more leverage um, on your time. So that's what I decided to, to, to do that.
0: And where, where did you learn about wholesale? Like, what was the learning curve like? Um, yeah. Did it, did it fit your cash flow concern? Like, you, 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 you explain that if you can.
1: Yeah. I, I think I didn't even think that through because if you want to make, yeah, if you want to make what, like, let's say you want to make $80,000 a year. So let's assume that you're running a business that's 10% net margins, which is probably what you will get from wholesale that means that you need to sell $800,000. In order to sell $800,000, you probably need to buy three hundred dollars to $400,000 worth of inventory over the course of the year. So that was definitely an issue. So over the time of me growing the business, I had to learn how to raise capital, um, how to work out cash flow, and, and all of that,
0: for sure. I, I can't let you go on that one. So like you, you your statement made it sound like you you've solved cash flow and raising capital was <laughs> oh. a side thing. So like hold on a second. Like, because if, if if that's the case, like I need you to teach me because I still no, deal with I, cash flow stuff. So like what h- how did you deal with capital? So and how much capital did you have when you started?
1: When I started, I had I think 10K, close to 10K. And then I got really lucky because I was able to credit cards or cash? Cash. And it was all my savings, to be honest, from you know, all the internships and all that. Um and when I started doing wholesale, I got really lucky with an opportunity. It was when the pandemic hit, right? And this product was a pet product. You can actually look for it on Amazon. It's by the brand Granix. And it was it's literally like alcohol and water. That's pretty much it. And because there was um, lack of alcohol in the entire US, I think in the world, the price went up like crazy. And yeah, and it was selling like crazy because now it was a pet product so that you know dogs wouldn't mess up your furniture. So so now people are stocking their homes and their dogs are there and the people were buying that. Anyways, the point is that. The I think the only one of the two only suppliers I had at the time happened to be the main distributor for this product. And I literally just bought everything uh, that they had. And I was able to, I think, 2x or 3x my capital at that time, um, which helped a lot. And that helped me finance a little bit more uh, the business. And later, I just took out a loan, um, actually, from my mom, which is awesome. Um, she was really supportive and, and yeah, she gave me a loan for $50,000 and that helped me again, finance the business.
0: What was your biggest setback to date in the wholesale model? Like, has there ever been a, something that you're just like, oh my God, this is going to sink me. It was a bad purchase or oh, yeah. anything.
1: Yeah. Um, can you,
0: sh- can you share it or no? And by yeah, the way, yeah, I yeah. want to throw something in, like, cause I know you weren't ready for that question, but you, you keep saying the word luck like you were just lucky to get out, leave Venezuela. You're lucky to go to college. You're lucky to get the job. You're lucky here. There's a quote. I like that. Um, uh, uh, luck is an. I don't, I don't know who said it, but it's like luck is an accident that happens to the competent
1: mm. or
0: yeah. So like, I like that you're, you're very competent. So it's like, I, I guess you're open to luck. Thank you, man. Thank you. So what, so what, um, any major setbacks?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I feel that, I mean, I don't know if, I know there are people crushing it with the wholesale model, but I definitely felt last year, a lot of pressure coming in from both sides, from the brand side, from the brand side, and also from from Amazon. Um, And in one case, I purchased um, what for me was a big lot of one specific product from this specific brand. And, And yeah, and as soon as I got the inventory, they implemented Transparency. And I got stuck with a lot of inventory that I had to figure out how to sell. So that happened twice.
0: Twice? They didn't take it back?
1: Well, no, 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 they didn't take that back. And Amazon didn't, didn't allow me to, to sell it, even though I had literally a chain of invoice. So I had the invoice that the distributor gave to me and that the brand owner gave to the distributor. Like the whole thing. And Amazon was like, nope, like we, we cannot
0: let you sell it. So what did you do with it? Is it like what that's what you're gifting for the next three years or?
1: Well, um, it's funny. I see st- I'm still selling it. So and that happened, I think, August last year. But I I basically sold most of it. But at that time, um, a listing popped up, which was some this kind of like variation from it. Like and it wasn't being policed for like a month. So I was able to sell a huge part of it during that month under that, you know, we are listing that popped up
0: you 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 know I talk about it all the time every time I, I bring it up so often I think people like are gonna yawn when I say it again, but I'm a huge huge believer in like differentiation, like differentiating and doing something different um in the wholesale space it's it's still a percentage of my business, even though I guess in Amazon speak I would just be a, a private labeler right. I love the wholesale model. It's gotten different. Had I been had had I if I was to approach wholesale now the way I did 15 years ago, I would be the most unsuccessful <laughs> uh reseller in the world, right? But every year I've I've added some twists to how to approach wholesale that's allowed me to differentiate. So it's not just private label that you can differentiate. I'm saying all this to say you have tapped in or are beginning to tap in to one of the differentiators that somebody can do with wholesale and and this is going to be like the main topic of this of this episode what can you explain it i call it a wholesale pl hybrid but it's like yeah it's it's not full wholesale it's not all it's not all pl um, it's you get the pros and the cons of both, but can you do you have a name for it? And and if so, can you explain what this 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 flavor of yours is that you have um, on on this wholesale to PL type of thing?
1: Yeah, I, I mean I call it PL bundle or bundling. I don't know who coined or the the term, but what it basically means is that you take a product or a couple of products from any given brand you're working with, and then you create a complementary product to bundle with that other product. And then you sell that as a bundle under your own brand. Um, so- oh, walk,
0: walk, walk, walk me back again. Walk me back again. So,
1: so just as an example, I don't know, let's say you take dog treats, for instance. Okay. Right? And then you, let's say you're buying dog treats from Greenies. And you have a really good relationship from Greenies with Greenies. And what you do is that you take some of these dog treats and then you create, let's say, a dispenser of dog treats so that um, when you're going out and walking your dog, you can just, you know, bring a bunch of them and you just can give them some. And then you buy a bunch of these dog treats from Greenies and then you create a listing in which you offer, you know, a two pack of these Greenies treats plus a dispenser. Um, with your own
0: brand. Just to clarify, I, I think I know what you're saying. So Greenies is a brand for anyone that doesn't know. I think it has like a BSR of 18, by the way, but it's like a yeah. massive brand, right? Yeah, yeah, And the dispenser though, for, for for clarity, the dispenser is not a branded product that you're purchasing from a wholesaler, right? The dispenser is what you're sourcing independently from where? Where are you sourcing it? In this example- from-
1: well, let's say you've sourced from China, from Mexico, okay. from wherever it is.
0: Yeah. So so you're sourcing an unbranded dispenser from somewhere.
1: Well, you brand you're, it with your own brand.
0: Right. But when you buy it, it's not branded. And yeah, then you're correct. the person you're buying it from, you're you're having your logo put on the packaging and everything else. So you're 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 branding it at that point. You're private labeling it. Correct. And then rather sell the dispenser as a standalone listing, you're bundling the the very hot existing brand that you are are allowed to resell, you're bundling it with this dispenser and creating its own listing. But the brand name of that listing is your private label brand.
1: Correct. And again, the important thing is that you have the okay from the brand. And also, because if you have the okay with the brand, then that's pretty much it, right? On Amazon side, technically, there's a line that says that whatever brand is associated to the listing has to be the brand of the highest value item in the bundle, right? Which it's kind of debatable and it's not being enforced, to be honest. Um, so in my opinion, the most important thing is that you just have the approval of the brand and they're okay with you doing that. And then you just go along. And there is a lot of cool synergies that you can create, right? So in, the, in that case, you will be exposing those treats to keywords related to treat dispensers and so on and so forth. So you do bring value to, to the brand in some way.
0: How long have you been doing this model and have you seen success with it firsthand?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I started doing it. Um, Q4, Q3, Q4 last year. And and I'm still doing it mainly one with one brand and I'm now, literally about to launch within the next two months, another line of products with another brand.
0: And have, did, was there anything you learned along the way that has not been all like sunshine and rainbows that was like, you, you kind of got Thanos snapped trying to put together this bundle of something and like, what was that? Uh, not the brand name, but like, what was that scenario so that somebody that gets excited by this doesn't have to deal with the same thing?
1: Yeah. So actually I was it was the day I was moving um to apartment I'm in right now. And then I got a notification, I was like, Yeah, your your listings have been literally just deactivated. And it was that the brand that I was working with had hired this third party sal or, sorry, this third party company to kind of like police their branding on Amazon. And we had changed our brand store name. Um and as a result, they didn't have us on file, and literally we just got and snapped, and that was the point when I realized, like, hey, like you need to have permission because if not, um, yeah, it's just a matter of time.
0: So let's let's back up now. So the Greenies example, Greenies, you said one of the most important things here is that you have permission from the brand to sell the product. So, do you think in that scenario, working with a distributor is enough, or in this case, it's like you need to deal with the brand?
1: Um, I mean, again, you could, but you, you will not be getting, in that case, no, I will say no, like you're not getting the brand's permission. If you work with a distributor, if you work with big brands, like, I don't know, OxyClean or Shout, if you're looking for cleaning products, right. Will they be like policing your listings on Amazon? Probably not. There are already like a bunch of variations out there, but again, they can just hire a company and be like, Hey, you deal with that and they can shut you down literally overnight. So that's why I think it's important to deal with the brand and to get the permission if you're going to do this.
0: Okay. So you have their permission to sell the product and I'm sorry, I'm like baby stepping this, but I think there's some steps that are important here. So you have permission to sell the product. Do you feel that you need, are you, are you just getting permission to sell the product? And it's like surprise when they see this bundle or are you letting them know what it is you're going to do with their product? You're not just going to like resell their bag of greenies. You might be creating. They might see their greenies bundled with something else.
1: No, you let them know. Yeah,
0: you let and them what, know. What's your percent? What's your like success percentage there? Like guesstimate when you ask a brand that, um, like how many of them say, "Yeah, no problem, let's do this," or like how many push for more information? How many say no?
1: Well, to be honest, I
0: we love I Haven't yet.
1: launched. <laughs> I haven't launched a kind of like a campaign to get to like just give you the percentage of success there. I literally just went over my kind of the brands I I thought would say yes, and the, the, the first one being the one that I'm working with, they were okay with it. I went with it, and then the other one that we had talked about it last year, um, I reached back and then the the person was like, "Yeah, okay, let's do it so yeah, you can say it's like a 100% rate, but it's just because I selectively chose those that I thought would, would say yes, because we had talked about it before.
0: You've talked about it before, but these are people that you've you had an active, ongoing reseller relationship. relationship with.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been working with them, yeah.
0: You haven't tried this with anybody that said, no, you can't resell on our listing. We have enough sellers. And you're like, no problem. I don't want to sell on your listing. I want to create a totally different listing. You haven't done that.
1: I have not. I have not. But it, there will probably be a, you know, a decent success rate there too, especially if you explain the synergies that can happen between markets, right? Between you know, different keywords.
0: When you say that you're creating your own brand on Amazon as this bundle, um, that's, that's when you've officially left the wholesale world and stepped into private label, right? Because yes, you probably picked a brand that already has a bunch of existing search. Otherwise they wouldn't have been attractive for you to buy them. Uh, and resell their products to begin with but you are starting from scratch as far as the listing you need to get your own correct. photos are you using any of the greenies photos in this example because then you might be dealing with some like copyright issues or are you shooting your own are they giving you an image release for like i have a bunch of questions there on like yeah how are you going about the listing creation process is there brand registry all that
1: yeah first i think yeah that's 100 correct like once you start doing this you start Learning about you know creating your listing imagery, you know SEO, PPC, all of that, um, which I think is the most valuable thing actually from implementing something like this because you get to experience all of that and learn all of that without having to take on the risk of launching your own brand or your own product, right? So, so that's that. So you asked about how you. Deal with imagery, correct? So in this case, yeah, um, they give you they give you permission to use some of the images. Actually, the one that I'm going to work with next, they yeah, they were like, hey, if you need lifestyle images, let us just let us know. We we'll just send them away. Send them your way.
0: That's one thing you're not going to see as a private label seller. The factories like, yeah. yeah, just order from us, <laughs> and we'll just do all yeah, your yeah. lifestyle stuff, right?
1: Yeah. What? Hundred percent.
0: You. You're a regular attending the meetup groups. Like you 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 don't just attend the wholesale topics, let's say, or the topic you're talking about even defies definition because, I mean, you're calling it, you know, bundling, uh, hybrid. I think Ramon uh, also has like a, his own name for it, but you attend all of them. So you get to hear a lot of these topics when they talk about private label. And I go out of my way not to sugarcoat it. I love it. Um, I think to be able to create an asset and exit it and just create something from nothing, it's what makes me tick. But do you see yourself ever going full wholesale? I mean, you're you're experiencing enough of it and you get to see like, why why, why should somebody go sell wholesale? In your, I mean, just PL in your opinion, if they could just do a hybrid bundle and piggyback on existing search.
1: Well, I mean, so why to do p l as opposed to this? I guess I mean there are a couple of things, right? It depends on again what you like to do um too, but also, I think in general, where Amazon is going is that they're just giving more power to brands, they're empowering brands and having them giving them every every single year more control so I do think doing this PL bundling thing will get harder next year and the year after that and so on and so forth, unless you you will have to change the model. Right. So that's, that's that. Also. I do, I do enjoy too. Like the aspect of creating your own brand, grow that. It's one thing that you are really passionate about that you like, you can work on that for two or three years and not have to just learn about a different industry for every brand you're working with when it comes to PR bundling or when it comes to wholesale and all of that. So I guess it depends on what you, what you want, right. Um, and what you want to do long-term too.
0: What do you want to do long-term with this? Do you see yourself, Dude, honestly, do you see yourself I, doing this in three years? You want a thousand SKUs? What?
1: Well, honestly, I'm just want to learn. Like I, I think that, I just want to learn as much as possible about how to launch and grow a, a brand successfully. And I see this as a way to profitably do just that, right? I am learning a bunch of things in this process. I'm making money too. And it's just, you know, it's just giving me way more skills, my arsenal to then next year, which is a goal launch my own brand um, and, and focus on that too.
0: That's a goal, yeah. That's a goal. Do you have? A, is there a dollar goal though? I I don't want to put you too much on the spot here, but like, do you have a dollar well, goal?
1: No, I would. I would rather not. You know, not put a, a number to it. But, but yeah, I think I just want it to be. I want to be building something on. Or working on an industry that I feel happy to commit two or three years of my life at least, right? And.
0: In, pri- in pure private private label,
1: yeah, yeah. And I think it takes time to make that decision. Like, there's nothing right now that I'll be like, yeah, I hope I would just commit two or three, four years, or even my, or even more of my life right now.
0: What, 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 what about any advice you would give a somebody listening to this, and they, they kind of don't like? Maybe they're a, a, a wholesale reseller on Amazon, and. Or maybe they don't like that model the way it's described to them, but what you just described sounds like, wow, this is awesome. And it seems like, from what you're saying, a person would need less money, would require less money to sort of start a private label, a full-on private label brand uh, nowadays. So, like what what advice would you give to somebody if, if they were just starting this to start? And what sort of capital do you think that they need to start it?
1: So well, the the advice I give everyone just starting on Amazon, I just say, just don't think of Amazon as a business model, but rather as a marketplace, which it is. There are buyers and sellers, and it's basically a tool that you can leverage. And whenever you're starting or you want to leverage that, I think the best way is to think about what competitive advantage you have that others don't. So I've talked to people that are like, hey, I want to start this wholesale thing. There's a lot of money. There's a lot lot of people making a lot of money there. And and then I asked them and they're like, yeah, I have been, well, before this, I have been baking for 10 years. What do you bake? Well, I bake cookies. And I'm like, so you have been baking cookies for 10 years and you want to get into Amazon and you're thinking about wholesale. Like, you know how much money there is in cookies on Amazon? You can do get well cookies, happy birthday cookies, a bunch of stuff. So in that case, I would recommend that person to sell cookies, right, on Amazon. There's a lot of potential there. But if you wanted to do this specifically, um, yeah, I don't know, in terms of money, what, $10,000, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to kind of come up with a number. I am So for this next project I'm launching, I am budgeting $14,000. So if that, that means something, um, that, that will be that.
0: And that's $14,000 for a single brand that you're going to leverage this uh, hybrid bundle with. So that will that be
1: for, for one product. Yeah, for that pro- one product, like manufacturing it, um, buying the inventory and you know, getting the, the, the images ready, the, the listing up and all of that.
0: since you seem very goal oriented, have you told yourself, like, you you know, it's $14,000, not 13, not 15, it's $14,000. You have budgeted for this, right? You know, it's going to be a hybrid bundle. What have you told yourself, like success looks like blank in X amount of time? Like, what is your, what's your thought process on that? I'm asking because I want to have you back on the show to circle back and say like, look, this is, this is what happened.
1: Yeah. Well, there is, there, there, there will be one specific listing I'll be competing with. And my goal is to, yeah, at least do 50% of what they're doing in two to three months.
0: Um, Can you share what that number is?
1: For that listing? Sure. Probably around
0: thirty to $35,000 a month and that's, gr- that's gross gross sales yeah, and you want to do sales. 15 to 20 then
1: well it will be yeah my idea will be to compete directly with them and in the long term beat them right but i will be approaching it differently which is why i don't think i'll beat them right on because i'm doing something completely different but but yeah it's basically be throwing them over time um but in the short term do that 50 percent.
0: i love it i want to be respectful of your time i have one question though you 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 said at some point, I think you said next year that you're open to doing or planning to do a, a full bore private label, like no bundle, no anything like that. Once you found something that you can commit a few years to what, what in your mind, are you setting as like the budget that you're going to need for that? Like, do you have a number?
1: Damn, you picked me for the numbers thing today. Um, no, man, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I haven't haven't thought about that just yet.
0: That's fair. Um, Stefano, uh, anybody from the group knows how to reach you. You're 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 active in the chats. Um, you're very active in the meetup group. Uh, are you on the calendar to present anytime soon?
1: Actually, yeah, on Saturday.
0: You're presenting yeah, this Saturday? Saturday.
1: Yeah, yeah, in Spanish one. Oh,
0: okay, you're presenting in Spanish. Then Vanessa's presenting. I'm in Tampa, and then are you going oh, yeah. to the workshop? Hopefully, you're going to the workshop on Sunday.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome.
0: Um, For people that are not in the meetup group and that that can't reach you, even though 100%, you will be coming back with some really good news on the show again soon. But for people who can't reach you right now, is there a best way or place that people can find you?
1: Um, Yeah, again, the Wizard of Ecom Telegram group. If not, I think LinkedIn will be the, the best next step.
0: Okay, I'll... I'll grab your LinkedIn and I'll stick it in the show notes so people can find you. Um, if not, you said Telegram, right? Yeah. So Telegram, that would be go. If you're not in our Amazon Telegram chat group, go to amazongroupchat.com. Stefano, you don't get spared even though you're part of the group. I ask you, I ask everybody at the end of this, what is your favorite book and why?
1: I, I feel I've always say, I always say this, but I really like the Go-Giver, um, the book, The Go-Giver. I forgot, the name of the author but oh yeah tom that's Hope a that. really good book you remember uh
0: i don't remember the author's oh, name okay. but we, we both know somebody that's a very strong yeah. definition of like uh, who the go-giver is i thought you were gonna you prank are, me. man i am uh tom as well yeah. tom's like the person i pick for like tom mays mm. he's, like, he's like the one i pick as like the go-giver is a great definition but um i thought you were gonna prank me with that book that alexis picked one time in the in the book club it was like this oh no 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 60 hour audio book with this obnoxious voice, but no, all good. Yeah. Go givers. Phenomenal book. If someone has not read it, I highly suggest it. Um, so, all right, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Stefano, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to having you again on the show and sharing some amazing news with, uh, the listeners in the not too distant future.